Section 19 of the Aeneid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Aeneid by Virgil. Translated by J. W. McHale. Book Tenth. The Battle on the Beach. Part One. Meanwhile the heavenly house omnipotent unfolds her doors, and the father of gods and king of men calls a council in the starry dwelling, whence he looks sheer down on the whole earth, the Dardanian camp and the peoples of Latium. They sit down within, from doorway to doorway. Their lord begins. Lords of heaven, wherefore is your decree turned back, and your minds thus jealously at strife. I forbade Italy to join battle with the Teucrians. Why this quarrel in face of my injunction? What terror hath bidden one or another run after arms and tempt the sword? The due time of battle will arrive, call it not forth, when furious Carthage shall one day sunder the Alps to hurl ruin full on the towers of Rome. Then hatred may grapple with hatred, then hostilities be opened. Now let them be, and cheerfully join in the treaty we ordain. Thus Jupiter in brief, but not briefly golden Venus returns in answer. O Lord, O everlasting governor of men and things, for what else may we yet supplicate? Beholdest thou how the Rutulians brave it, and Turnus, born charioted through the ranks, proudly sweeps down the tide of battle. Bar and bulwark no longer shelter the Trojans. Nay, within the gates, and even on the mounded walls, they clash in battle and make the trenches swim with blood. Aeneas is away and ignorant. Wilt thou never then let our leaguer be raised? Again a foe overhangs the walls of infant Troy, and another army, and a second son of Tydeus rises from Aetolian Arpi against the Trojans. Truly, I think my wounds are yet to come, and I, thy child, am keeping some mortal weapons idle. If the Trojans steered for Italy without thy leave and defiant of thy deity, let them expiate their sin. Aid not such with thy succour. But if so many oracles guided them, given by God and ghost, why may aught now revise thine ordinance, or write destiny anew? Why should I recall the fleets burned on the coast of Eryx? Why the king of storms and the raging winds roused from Aeolia, or Iris driven down the clouds? Now hell too is stirred, this share of the world was yet untried, and Alecto suddenly let loose above to riot through the Italian towns. In no wise am I moved for empire. That was our hope while fortune stood. Let those conquer whom thou wilt. If thy cruel wife leave no region free to Teucrians, by the smoking ruins of desolated Troy, O father, I beseech thee, grant Ascanius unhurt retreat from arms. Grant me my child's life. Aeneas may well be tossed over unknown seas and follow what path soever fortune open to him. Him let me avail to shelter and withdraw from the turmoil of battle. 
Amethyst is mine, high Paphos and Cythera, and my house of Idalia. Here, far from arms, let him spend an inglorious life. Bid Carthage in high lordship rule Ausonia. There will be nothing there to check the Tyrian cities. What help was it for the Trojans to escape war's doom and thread their flight through Argive fires, to have exhausted all those perils of sea and desolate lands, while they seek Latium and the towers of a Troy rebuilt? Were it not better to have clung to the last ashes of their country and the ground where once was Troy? Give back, I pray, Xanthus and Simois to a wretched people, and let the Teucrians again, O Lord, circle through the fates of Ilium. Then Queen Juno, swift and passionate. Why forcest thou me to break long silence and proclaim my hidden pain? Hath any man or god constrained in ears to court war or make armed attack on King Latinus? In oracular guidance he steered for Italy. Be it so, he whom raving Cassandra sent on his way. Did we urge him to quit the camp or entrust his life to the winds? to give the issue of war and the charge of his ramparts to a child, to stir the loyalty of Tyrrhenia or throw peaceful nations into tumult. What god, what potent cruelty of ours, hath driven him on his hurt? Where is Juno in this? Or Iris sped down the clouds? It shocks thee that Italians should enring an infant Troy with flame, and Turnus set foot on his own ancestral soil, he, grandchild of Pilumnus, son of Venelia, the goddess, how that the dark brands of Troy assail the Latins, that Trojans subjugate and plunder fields not their own, how that they choose their brides and tear plighted bosom from bosom, that their gestures plead for peace and their ships are lined with arms. Thou canst steal thine Aeneas from Grecian hands, and spread before them a human semblance of mist and empty air. Thou canst turn his fleets into nymphs of like number. Is it dreadful if we retaliate with any aid to the Rutulians? Aeneas is away and ignorant. Away and ignorant let him be. Paphos is thine, and Idalium, thine high Cythera. Why meddlest thou with fierce spirits and a city big with war? Is it we who would overthrow the tottering state of Phrygia? We? Or he who brought the Achaeans down on the hapless Trojans, who made Europe and Asia bristle up in arms, and whose theft shattered the alliance? Was it in my guidance the adulterous Dardanian broke into Sparta? Or did I send the shafts of passion that kindled war? Then terror for thy children had graced thee. Too late now dost thou rise with unjust complaints, and reproaches leave thy lips in vain. Thus Juno pleaded, and all the heavenly people murmured in diverse consent, even as rising gusts murmur when caught in the forests, and eddy in blind moanings, betraying to sailors the gale's approach. Then the Lord Omnipotent and primal power of the world begins. As he speaks, the high house of the gods and trembling floor of earth sink to silence. Silent is the deep sky, and the breezes are stilled. Ocean hushes his waters into calm. Take then to heart and lay deep these words of mine. 
since it may not be that Osonians and Teucrians join alliance, and your quarrel finds no term to-day what fortune each wins, what hope each follows, be he Trojan or Rutulian, I will hold in even poise. Whether it be Italy's fate, or Trojan blundering and ill advice that holds the camp in leaguer. Nor do I acquit the Rutulians. Each as he hath begun shall work out his destiny. Jupiter is one and king over all. The fates will find their way. By his brother's infernal streams, by the banks of the pitchy black-boiling chasm, he signed assent, and made all Olympus quiver at his nod. Here speaking ended. Thereon Jupiter rises from his golden throne, and the heavenly people surround, and escort him to the doorway. Meanwhile the Rutulians press round all the gates, dealing grim slaughter and girdling the walls with flame. But the army of the Aeneidae are held leaguered within their trenches with no hope of retreat. They stand helpless and disconsolate on their high towers, and their thin ring girdles the walls. Arceus, son of Imbrasus, and Timetes, son of Hisatone, and the two Asarasi, and Castor and old Timbris together in the front rank, by them Clarus and Themon, both full brothers to Sarpedon, out of high Lycia, Acmon of Lyonesus, great as his father Clitius, or his brother Nestheus, carries a stone, straining all his vast frame to the huge mountain fragment. Emulously they keep their guard, these with javelins, those with stones, and wield fire and fit arrows on the string. Amid them he, Venus's fittest care, lo, the Dardanian boy, his graceful head uncovered, shines, even as a gem set in red gold on ornament of throat or head, or even as gleaming ivory cunningly inlaid in boxwood or Orician terebinth. His tresses lie spread over his milk-white neck, bound by a flexible circlet of gold. Thee too, Ismarus, proud nations saw aiming wounds and arming thy shafts with poison. Thee, of house illustrious in Meonia, where the rich tilth is wrought by men's hands, and Pactolus waters it with gold. There too was Nestheus, exalted in fame, as he who erewhile had driven Turnus from the ramparts, and Capus, from whom is drawn the name of the Campanian city. They had closed in grim war's mutual conflict. Aeneas, while night was yet deep, clove the seas. For when, leaving Evander for the Etruscan camp, he hath audience of the king, and tells the king of his name and race, and what he asks or offers, instructs him of the arms Mesentius is winning to his side, and of Turnus's overbearing spirit, reminds him of what is all the certainty of human things, and mingles all with entreaties. Delaying not, Tarchon joins forces and strikes alliance. Then, freed from the oracle, the Lydian people man their fleet, laid by divine ordinance in the foreign captain's hand. Aeneas's galley keeps in front, with the lions of Phrygia fastened on her prow, above them overhanging Ida, sight most welcome to the Trojan exile. Here great Aeneas sits, revolving the changing issues of war, and Pallas, clinging on his left side, asks now of the stars and their pathway through the dark night, now of his fortunes by land and sea. Open now the gates of Helicon, goddesses, 
and stir the song of the band that come the while with aeneas from the tuscan borders and sail in armed ships overseas first in the brazen-plated tiger massicus cuts the flood beneath him are ranked a thousand men who have left clusium town and the city of cosi their weapons are arrows and light quivers on the shoulder and their deadly bow with him goes grim abbas all his train in shining armour and a gilded apollo glittering astern to him populonia had given six hundred of her children tried in war but ilva three hundred the island rich in unexhausted mines of steel third asilas interpreter between men and gods master of the entrails of beasts and the stars in heaven of speech of birds and ominous lightning flashes draws a thousand men after him in serried lines bristling with spears bidden to his command from pisa city of alphian birth on etruscan soil astyr follows excellent in beauty astyr confident in his horse and glancing arms three hundred more all have one heart to follow come from the householders of Syria, and the fields of minio and ancient pyrgi and fever-stricken graviski let me not pass thee by o cinerus bravest in war of the ligurian captains and thee cupavo with thy scant company from whose crest rise the swan plumes fault o love of thee and thine and blazonment of his father's form for they tell that sicknus in grief for his beloved phaeton while he sings and soothes his woeful love with music amid the shady sisterhood of poplar boughs drew over him the soft plumage of white old age and left earth and passed crying through the sky his son followed on shipboard with a band of like age sweeps the huge centaur forward with his oars he leans over the water and threatens the waves with a vast rock he holds on high and furrows the deep seas with his length of keel he too calls a train from his native coasts ocnus son of prophetic manto and the river of tuscany who gave thee o mantua ramparts and his mother's name mantua rich in ancestry yet not all of one blood a threefold race and under each race four cantons herself she is the canton's head and her strength is of tuscan blood from her likewise hath mazentius five hundred in arms against him whom mincius child of benacus draped in grey reeds led to battle in his advancing pine aulestes moves on heavily smiting the waves with the swinging forest of an hundred oars the channels foam as they sweep the sea floor he sails in the vast triton who amazes the blue waterways with his shell and swims on with shaggy front in human show from the flank upward his belly ends in a dragon beneath the monster's breast the wave gurgles into foam so many were the chosen princes who went in thirty ships to aid troy and cut the salt plains with brazen prow and now day had faded from the sky and gracious phoebe trod mid heaven in the chariot of her nightly wandering aeneas for his charge allows not rest to his limbs himself sits guiding the tiller and managing the sails and lo in middle course a band of his own fellow voyagers meets him the nymphs whom bountiful sibyl had bidden be gods of the sea and turned to nymphs from ships they swam on in even order and cleft the flood as many as erewhile brazen-plated prows had anchored on the beach 
from far they know their king and wheel their bands about him and simodosia their readiest in speech comes up behind catching the stern with her right hand her back rises out and her left hand oars her passage through the silent water then she thus accosts her amazed lord wakest thou seed of gods aeneas wake and loosen the sheets of thy sails we are thy fleet idean pines from the holy hill now nymphs of the sea when the treacherous rutulian urged us headlong with sword and fire unwillingly we broke thy bonds and we search for thee over ocean this new guise our lady made for us in pity and granted us to be goddesses and spend our life under the waves but thy boy ascanius is held within wall and trench among the latin weapons and the rough edge of war already the arcadian cavalry and the brave etruscan together hold the appointed ground turnus's plan is fixed to bar their way with his squadrons that they may not reach the camp up and arise and ere the coming of the dawn bid thy crews be called to arms and take thou the shield which the lord of fire forged for victory and rimmed about with gold to-morrow's daylight if thou deem not my words vain shall see rutulians heaped high in slaughter she ended and as she went pushed the tall ship on with her hand wisely and well the ship shoots through the water fleeter than javelin or wind-swift arrow thereat the rest quicken their speed the son of anchises of troy is himself deep in bewilderment yet the omen cheers his courage then looking on the heavenly vault he briefly prays o gracious upon ida mother of gods whose delight is in dindymus and turreted cities and lions coupled to thy reign do thou lead me in battle do thou meetly prosper thine augury and draw nigh thy phrygians goddess with favourable feet thus much he spoke and meanwhile the broad light of returning day now began to pour in and chased away the night first he commands his comrades to follow his signals brace their courage to arms and prepare for battle and now his trojans and his camp are in his sight as he stands high astern when next he lifts the blazing shield on his left arm the dardanians on the walls raise a shout to the sky hope comes to kindle wrath they hurl their missiles strongly even as under black clouds cranes from the strimmon utter their signal notes and sail clamouring across the sky and noisily stream down the gale but this seemed marvellous to the rutulian king and the captains of ausonia till looking back they see the ships steering for the beach and all the sea as a single fleet sailing in his helmet spike blazes flame pours from the cresting plumes and the golden shield boss spouts floods of fire even as when in transparent night comets glow blood-red and drear or the splendour of sirius that brings drought and sicknesses on wretched men rises and saddens the sky with malignant beams yet gallant turnus in unfailing confidence will prevent them on the shore and repel their approach to land what your prayers have sought is given the sweep of the sword-arm the god of battles is in the hands of men now remember each his wife and home now recall the high deeds of our father's honour let us challenge meeting at the water's edge while they waver and their feet yet slip as they disembark fortune aids daring so speaks he 
and counsels inly whom he shall lead to meet them whom leave in charge of the leaguered walls meanwhile aeneas lands his allies by gangways from the high ships many watch the retreat and slack of the sea and leap boldly into the shoal water others slide down the oars tarchon marking the shore where the shallows do not seethe and plash with broken water but the sea glides up and spreads its tide unbroken suddenly turns his bows to land and implores his comrades now o chosen crew bend strongly to your oars lift your ships make them go let the prows cleave this hostile land and the keel plough herself a furrow i will let my vessel break up on such harbourage if once she takes the land when tarchon had spoken in such wise his comrades rise on their oar-blades and carry their ships in foam towards the latin fields till the prows are fast on dry land and all the keels are aground unhurt but not thy galley tarchon for she dashes on a shoal and swings long swaying on the cruel bank pitching and slapping the flood then breaks up and lands her crew among the waves broken oars and floating thwarts entangle them and the ebbing wave sucks their feet away nor does turnus keep idly dallying but swiftly hurries his whole array against the trojans and ranges it to face the beach the trumpets blow at once aeneas charges and confounds the rustic squadrons of the latins and slays theron for omen of battle the giant advances to challenge aeneas but through sewed plates of brass and tunic rough with gold the sword plunges in his open side next he strikes lycas cut from his mother already dead and consecrated phoebus to thee since his infancy was granted escape from the perilous steel near thereby he struck dead brawny sisius and vast gyas whose clubs were mowing down whole files nought availed them the arms of hercules and their strength of hand nor melampus their father ever of alcides company while earth yielded him sore travail lo while pharus utters weak vaunts the hurled javelin strikes on his shouting mouth thou too while thou followest thy new delight clitius whose cheeks are golden with youthful down thou luckless sidon struck down by the dardanian hand wert lying past thought ah pitiable of the young loves that were ever thine did not the close array of thy brethren interpose the children of phorcus seven in number and send a sevenfold shower of darts some glance ineffectual from helmet and shield some venus the bountiful turned aside as they grazed his body aeneas calls to trusty achates give me store of weapons none that hath been planted in grecian body on the plains of ilium shall my hand hurl at rutulian in vain then he catches and throws his great spear the spear flies grinding through the brass of Meon's shield and breaks through corslet and through breast his brother alcanor runs up and sustains with his right arm his sinking brother through his arm the spear passes speeding straight on its message and holds its bloody way and the hand dangles by the sinews lifeless from the shoulder then numitor seizing his dead brother's javelin aims at aeneas but might not fairly pierce him and grazed tall Achates on the thigh here clausus of cures comes confident in his pride of strength and with a long reach strikes dreops under the chin 
and urging the stiff spear-shaft home stops the accents of his speech and his life together piercing the throat but he strikes the earth with his forehead and vomits clots of blood three thracians likewise of boreas's sovereign race and three sent by their father idas from their native ismarus fall in diverse wise before him halesus and his arunken troops hasten thither mesopus too seed of neptune comes up charioted this side and that strive to hurl back the enemy and fight hard on the very edge of ausonia as when in the depth of air adverse winds rise in battle with equal spirit and strength not they not clouds nor sea yield one to another long the battle is doubtful all stands locked in counterpoise even thus clash the ranks of troy and ranks of latium foot fast on foot and man crowded up on man but in another quarter where a torrent had driven a wide path of rolling stones and bushes torn away from the banks pallas saw his arcadians unaccustomed to move as infantry giving back before the latin pursuit when the roughness of the ground bade them dismount this only was left in his strait to kindle them to valour now by entreaties now by taunts whither flee you comrades by your deeds of bravery by your leader evander's name by your triumphant campaigns and my hope that now rises to rival my father's honour trust not to flight our swords must hew away through the enemy where yonder mass of men presses thickest there your proud country calls you with pallas at your head no gods are they who bear us down mortals we feel the pressure of a mortal foe we have as many lives and hands as he lo the deep shuts us in with vast sea barrier even now land fails our flight shall we make ocean or troy our goal so speaks he and bursts amid the serried foe first lagus meets him drawn thither by malign destiny him as he tugs at a ponderous stone hurling his spear where the spine ran dissevering the ribs he pierces and wrenches out the spear where it stuck fast in the bone nor does his bow catch him stooping for all that he hoped it for pallas as he rushes unguarded on furious at his comrade's cruel death receives him on his sword and buries it in his distended lungs next he attacks Theneus and Agamolus of Rhetus's ancient family who dared to violate the bridal chamber of his stepmother you too the twins larides and timber fell on the rutulian fields children of daucus indistinguishable for likeness and a sweet perplexity to your parents but now pallas made cruel difference between you for thy head timber is swept off by evander's sword thy right hand larides severed seeks its master and the dying fingers jerk and clutch at the sword fired by his encouragement and beholding his noble deeds the arcadians advance in wrath and shame to meet the enemy in arms then pallas pierces Rhetius as he flies past in his chariot this space this much of respite was given to elus for at elus he had aimed the strong spear from afar and Rhetius intercepts its passage in flight from thee noble teuthras and tyres thy brother he rolls from the chariot in death and his heels strike the rutulian fields and as the shepherd when summer winds have risen to his desire kindles the woods dispersedly on a sudden the mid-spaces catch 
and a single flickering line of fire spreads wide over the plain he sits looking down on his conquest and the revel of the flames even so pallas do thy brave comrades gather close to sustain thee but warrior halesus advances full on them gathering himself behind his armour he slays ladon pheres demodocus his gleaming sword shears off stramonius's hand as it rises to his throat he strikes thoas on the face with a stone and drives the bones asunder in a shattered mass of blood and brains halesus had his father the soothsayer kept hidden in the woodland when the old man's glazing eyes sank to death the fates laid hand on him and devoted him to the arms of evander pallas aims at him first praying thus grant now lord tiber to the steel i poise and hurl a prosperous way through brawny halesus's breast thine oak shall bear these arms and the dress he wore the god heard it while halesus covers imaeon he leaves alas his breast unarmed to the arcadian's weapon yet at his grievous death lausus himself a great arm of the war lets not his columns be dismayed at once he meets and cuts down abas the check and stay of their battle the men of arcadia go down before him down go the etruscans and you o teucrians invincible by greece the armies close matched in strength and in captains the rear ranks crowd in weapons and hands are locked in the press here pallas strains and pushes on here lausus opposite nearly matched in age excellent in beauty but fortune had denied both return to their own land yet that they should meet face to face the sovereign of high olympus allowed not an early fate awaits them beneath a mightier foe end of section nineteen